Let's get nuts. What is happening? It's Monday. Good to see everybody. It is uh, smack dab in the middle of January right now. It's uh, January 15th. How's everybody doing? Hopefully you guys are doing good. Thank you guys for joining, of course. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And uh, like like the stream. Do all that. Follow me on all the sock meds that are around me and everything. So... Oh man, ward season going like crazy. Hey, we got some DCU stuff. We got the Emmys are happening right now, and so is playoff football. Why is Tom Brady on the screen right now? Well, it's because Tampa Bay is uh, playing, so they're showing some old highlights. But man, crazy uh, NFL playoffs happening right now, which has been kind of exciting. There've been a lot of blowouts when it comes to uh, the playoffs for sure. So. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk about, of course, all the DCU updates and all the, uh, you know, this. Now we're going to have some drama when it comes to Aquaman 2, which I've been talking about. I've been talking about. So it's going to be fun. And then, uh, and then of course, uh, when, it, when it comes to the Critics' Choice Awards, there's one per- particular thing that I want to talk about that, you know, I might rant a- about a little bit when it comes to... Uh, when it comes to a certain somebody winning an award. Um, and then, of course, um, we got the, the box office and then Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, which I'm excited for. You guys know that. But the Ghostbusters nerd. So definitely can't wait to talk about that. All right. So let's go ahead and see who's out there. Who's out there. All right. We got Miss Lisa Jackson. The words of Cleveland Little in uh, Blazing Saddles where the white women at. There you go. I haven't watched Blazing Saddles in so long, but that movie is just, it's just it's beautiful. Mel Brooks, I mean, obviously you can't make it nowadays. People get a little too huffy-puffy when it comes to Blazing Saddles. But, man, some jokes in there just so great. So great. That's good. I have to rewatch it, too. Hey, there she is. There she is. There's my queen right there, Miss Nighthawk. Good to see you, Steph. We had a nice, relaxing weekend, you know. For the most part, you know, we did. So, ooh, look at that, Mr. Jason McKenzie. I'll get you in a minute there. We got Tet right here. Good to see ya. Who else we got? All right, everybody saying hi to each other. We got hard-boiled Eric. I'll say this about Aquaman 2. It's proof that studio meddling aside, Juan still has a magic touch. If it's not doing a uh, AS, AS badly, as, as, oh, not as badly. I was like... A.S. What does A.S. mean? But I get what you're saying. Mr. Nobody, what's happening? Hello, everyone. Brooklyn was too cold, so I'm saying hello from Cancun, Mexico. My girlfriend got a bad sunburn, so please send some warm wishes. Well, I mean, I think you want some cold wishes on that burn, but hey, I get what you're saying. That sucks. A bad sunburn sucks. I remember one time I got one of the worst sunburns I got. It was a, it was a, it was a while ago. It was a long time ago. This is like over a decade ago. I got a really bad sunburn on my back to the point where I like because my I was living I was living with my brother at the time and my mom lived around the corner. I like went to my mom's house because I was like I needed something on my back. My skin was literally crawling. It felt like it felt like there was a there, it was like a cheetah or like a panther was like just scratching at my back. Like I, I would I would keep doing this like it was so bad and I was like. 
I didn't have anything and she had aloe. I'm like, mom, douse me with aloe. Ah, it was so bad. It was so bad, man. So hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully the sunburn gets better. I know that's, that's not fun, but yeah, Cancun, man. Well, that's, I mean, it's cold everywhere right now. It definitely is cold everywhere right now. <laughs> Even in California, it gets, it's a little nipply. It's a little nipply right here. Hey, what's going on, Max Wolf Knight? Hey, Dave, what up? It looks like we are going to get a new Supergirl. I hope it is someone new, and I can't wait for Ghostbusters 2. Well, technically it's Ghostbusters 4, but, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm glad you're doing good. Glad you're doing good. So, did I skip? I didn't skip ahead, did I? Okay, just making sure. All right. Who else we got? We got Fatty God right here. Hey, Dave, I just found out you have a podcast page on. Yeah. Uh, every all the live streams that I do, which is Film Junkie Live, Vodka Stream, and DC Fanimated, uh, I always rip the audio and put it up as a podcast. On it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon. So you know, if you want to just listen, you don't have to see my you know crazy antics, my animation that I do. If you want to see that, you just want to hear my my sexy voice yeah you could just listen to all all the stuff that i do so there you go but yes i am uh, all over the place there you know it's what you gotta do it's what you gotta do and yay mr jason mckenzie vanguard nz there you go thank you for the uh the 40 dollars super chat much appreciated much appreciated every little bit helps every little bit helps and i appreciate you helping out the pirate ship because you know Oh, boy. Oh, is Baker hurting? Baker's hurting. Uh-oh. He got tackled. Yeah, he's not feeling good. These playoffs, man. You got to love You gotta, You gotta. gotta love playoffs for any sport. But, uh, but anyways, thank you, Jason. Like I said, you're always, you know, helping out the pirate ship. And, uh, you know, pirate ship always needs help. Always needs help. So, hey, what's going on, Les? Good to see you. It's you. Uh, who else we got here? We got Adrian. Yo, Adrian. What's happening? We got K Ridge right here. Hey, Dave, if you were cast as a villain in any DC movie in the upcoming DCU slate, who would you be? Much love from Australia. All right, from the land down under. I don't know. Riddler? I've always been, you know, I always liked the Riddler. So, you know, I think I, I, think I could add something to the Riddler. Yeah, I think I would, I would choose the Riddler. What's going on, Cortez? I have no idea what's happening today. Yeah, I mean, there's things that are happening, and we'll talk about them. Oh, yeah, that's right. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Stephanie. Happy birthday. I love you. So there you go. It is Nighthawk's birthday. Not today, but it is tomorrow, you know, so... Uh, the 16th. So everybody wish her a happy birthday right there. Always, yeah, uh, you know, and we, uh, well, like I said, like we had an early birthday celebration, not this past weekend, but the weekend before we went to a comedy show of a comedian that we love and, uh, had a lot of fun with that. Of course, we were both, I was, I was like in the middle of like, I was like getting over my sickness and then she ended up getting some sickness. Yeah. January has been a bitch. I tell you what. So, what's going on, Mr. Everts? Always great to see you. 
I'm <clears throat> all right. Who else we got? Uh, well, we got Axel right here. Just got back home from shopping. What'd you buy? What'd you buy me? You sending me something there, Axel? Huh? You sending me something? All right. Who else we got? What else we got here? There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Of course, I was gonna sing you a happy birthday. Sing you a happy birthday. All right, we got Ryan. There we go. Hey, we got Scott. What's going on? Appropriate. Yes, there we go. Yeah, appropriate germs right there. And uh, also, too, guys, uh, if you didn't see on Twitter, but, uh, uh, you know, when it comes to Scott and I, like, uh, when it comes to the DC Fanimated, we got a new time. I'm going to update the banner. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll update the banner. Uh, on 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 my Twitter and then of course on YouTube is uh, DC Fanimated no longer going to be on Sunday you know because schedules change you know work schedules change so we're gonna uh, we're now going to be doing the DC Fanimated stream Thursday eight o'clock Pacific time so Thursday yeah and you know that's gonna be cool you know I, I actually kind of dig that because you know Sunday could get a little like. Ah, the week's going to start and whatever the hell. I mean, you know, we, we originally had it on Saturday, then we moved it to Sunday. Now we move it to Thursday right now, at least for right now. And I think the Thursday will be a good good spot for the DC Fanimated stream right there. And I know I, I do see movies on Thursdays, but normally, like, uh, the early showings are, like, you know, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. So shouldn't have – shouldn't be anything, you know, any interference when it comes to seeing movies when it comes to seeing movies. Hey, look at that. Russ is here, too, with his capital letters, as he does. But uh, anyways, all right, so there you go. So if you didn't know that, that's why we didn't have a stream last night. We were like, all right, let's let's move it to Thursday, Thursday, 8 o'clock. Like I said, I'll update the banner tomorrow, and uh, we'll continue to talk about the awesomeness that is that is the DC animated shows. All right, let's talk about some tweets. Let's go to the tweets and see what's happening over here. All right, we'll just let me just see what uh, what I got here. Make sure I got all the tabs open. All right, you know, let's talk about this one first. Well, now we'll talk about this one first because I, I all right, this what the hell was this Easter egg? I I don't know if anybody noticed this, but I saw this. What was it, yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. But did you guys notice this right here when it came to Loki? And, of course, uh, you know, we have Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Kwan right here that's obviously in Loki. Apparently, they put a little Easter egg from Mr. Short Round, his hat. The hat that he wears in Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Apparently, that was in Loki. They put this Easter egg in there. Like, it was in the background. And a lot of people are like, oh, my God, look at that. So I just thought that was kind of cool. I was like, holy crap. I love that. I love that. And I don't think anybody spotted it until now. This was in episode five. I'm probably going to go back and see if I could spot it myself, you know. But I I was like, wow, that's so freaking cool that they actually did that. They put the hat in there. I mean, why not? And I'm telling you, it's like Disney. What are you doing? How are you? Ah, see, they, they missed an opportunity, I felt. I still feel that Disney missed an opportunity of the Dial of Destiny, 
I mean, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but I mean, I, I think they really missed an opportunity of having of having Quan in the movie and having Indiana Jones essentially just hand down the mantle to him. And then we can have more adventures with him. I think they missed a, a big opportunity right there. I don't know why they just, I mean, he's like after everything, everywhere, all at once and him just making this crazy comeback. How did they not just hand down? I mean, it's not like he has to wear the hat and use the whip or anything like that, but they could continue these Indiana Jones stories with short rounds as an adult. I still think that they should really do that. I, I, I don't understand, you know, with Disney, I mean, let's face it, Disney doesn't make the best decisions, but I still don't understand why they just didn't add a scene at the end of Dial of Destiny to have them reunite and have like a touching moment and then continue with him. I think, I mean, he would be down. He said this. I mean, I just, I still don't understand why they, they didn't do that. But hey, it's Disney. What can he do? Jeez. <laughs> oh, then we go over to Universal. You guys see this? <laughs> what? 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 Fast 11, which is Fast X Part 2. We'll reportedly go back to the basics and we'll have a budget of $200 million or less and will apparently be a throwback to the first film. <laughs> Are you serious? The first film cost $38 million. Now, of course, there's inflation right there. Yes, naturally. You can take that into account. And uh, I know some people, you know, like... Uh, I think Steven, uh, he actually posted about that because, you know, he's he's good when it comes to the numbers and the analytics and when it comes to box office and everything like that. But it's just kind of funny when it, when a lot of people saw this headline, back to the basics, $200 million or less. But then what's really weird about this whole thing was like the fact that it was like, hey, I thought Fast X Part 1 and Part 2, well, it's supposed to be like a finale when it comes to all this. But there's a cliffhanger that happens at the end of Fast X, right? You know, a whole like, you know, an actual dam exploding and, you know, water rushing towards Dom and his kid. So how are they going to go back to the basics? Are they going to have this crazy like first act and then they're going to go back to the basics? I've been talking about I was talking about this before Fast X came out. I was going like, man, they should really go back to a small movie and just have it about Dom and Letty and their family and go back to the whole street racing thing. I was saying this like two years ago, two and a half years ago. Go back to how it all started. Go back to how it all started. Get David Ayer back because remember, David Ayer was like a writer on the first Fast and Furious movie. And he even I think he even tweeted something about it, too, where he was like, well, I don't know if I'd go. I don't know if I'd go back to the Fast and Furious franchise now because of how crazy it is. But yeah. But it's just kind of funny, like, really? $200 million? That's going to bring it back to the basics? I think not. And who knows when it comes to this report? This report's a little strange, to be honest, because I don't see them, I don't see them doing that, going back to the basics. But, but then at the same time, it's like, where else are you going to go? Unless you do time travel, which a lot of people have been joking about, that they would actually travel through time. They've already been in space! So why not? They should go back to the basics. They really should make a smaller movie. It's gone too crazy. Just have it about Dom and Letty. 
because I'm sick and tired of the excuses of Brian not being a part of some crazy story that's been happening right now because they didn't, of course, they didn't want to, like, kill him off. They didn't want to kill Paul Walker off, you know, but it's just, ugh, it frustrates me. But, yeah, I don't know. Back to the basics. Yeesh, who knows? <sighs> it's all been pretty crazy. All right. And then I wanted to talk about this, too, because, well, I mean, obviously it's award season right now. We're going to talk about the Critics' Choice Awards and the Emmys are happening right now. And, man, apparently apparently I got to watch The Bear uh, because that just keeps on winning all the fucking television awards. Like, they're all just it just keeps on winning, winning and winning. I know, I know Miss uh, Nighthawk said she watched the first season, but it was like, you know, it's a crazy series, but apparently it just keeps on winning. It just keeps on winning, winning, winning and winning. But, uh, so the Emmys are happening right now and some funny stuff is happening. Uh, but you know, Joe Coy, Joe Coy. I like Joe Coy. I've seen him live a couple of times before he got really big. And he's a funny comedian. I mean, he's not like my favorite comedian or like one of my top five or anything like that. But I, I always thought he was a famous, uh, you know, a, a funny comedian. But, you know, when it comes to, of course, the Golden Globes, we talked about it last week. We talked about, you know, the jokes that miss, you know, specifically the Taylor Swift joke that really didn't land. And a lot of the Swifties out there got upset about it. Oh, my God. But um, he's not really handling it too well because, of course, he is now – going out and talking about it. And one of the quotes, one of the things that he said when it came to, uh, you know, talking about that night, he basically called out the crowd and said, a lot of marshmallows, man, they're delicious, but goddamn, they're soft. I see the changes that are happening. I get it, but goddamn, we can fucking laugh at ourselves. Understandable, but you have to have jokes that are funny. (laughs) That's... I mean, again, tough room. It's because I watch, I do watch, uh, I listen to comedian podcasts all the time. I've told you guys this before. And they all talk, they've all talked about Joe Coy. And they always, you know, they always respect Joe Coy. And, you know, but they all, every one of them has said, and I agree with this, is that is a tough room right there. Because it's not, it's not like you're at a comedy club or at some theater or people are paying to see you. Because they like you, you know, they love you. This is trying to tell jokes with a room full of celebrities, you know, a room full of celebrities. And let's face it, he had 10 days to prepare. And it's just it was going to be a shit show no matter what. I just wish Joe would actually just, you know, self-deprecate a little bit. Look within, internalize, internalize a little bit here, okay? You need to internalize, Joe. You fucked up. You messed up, okay? Stop pointing outwards, point inwards a little bit. You took the job, and let's face it, the only the only comedian that I could think that could actually, you know, well, comedians, I could think of a couple comedians that could actually, you know, do a good job, which is Ricky Gervais, which was the last good Golden Globes, and he roasted the entire room and did not give a fuck when he did it. I could see Dave Chappelle doing the exact same thing. I see Dave Chappelle. I mean, they would never do it. They would never call him up to host the Golden Globes. But I could see Dave Chappelle also just roasting the room, just like how Ricky Gervais did. I see that. But if you want to know how, I mean, there was another, obviously, it's award season. And we had the, like, the governor's ball or whatever the hell. Uh, 
awards, which of course is not as big. But we had John Mulaney. John Mulaney, you know, if you haven't seen his stand up, he's pretty good too. But he was hosting this one and he had a great joke. He had a great joke when it came to, you know, sticking it to the Marvel Studios and superhero movies right here. Here's what a great actor Angela Bassett is. She got an Oscar nomination for a Marvel movie. That's like getting a Pulitzer Prize for a Reddit comment. Then look who's laughing. Christopher Nolan and Robert Downey Jr. Yes. See, that's how you do it right there. That's how you do it right there. Okay? And, pe- and, and there were some people, there were some people that were pissed about that. I saw on, on my timeline, there were some people that were just, they're not happy about that joke. It's a good joke. It's a good joke because we laugh and we're going to talk, you know, we'll talk a little bit more. It's going to lead into something else that I wanted to talk about when it comes to at least, you know, the superhero genre and actors and everything. But it's a good joke because, yes, I even thought, why is Angela Bassett getting nominated for her role in Wakanda Forever. I was like, it's not a bad performance, but I didn't think it was an Oscar-worthy performance. It seemed a little strange to me. Seemed a little strange to me. Just like it also seems a little strange to me, like why Barbie's getting so many awards nominations too. It's always, you know, there's a lot of things when it comes to award season and what movies and what, but I thought that was a good joke. And some people were pissed because they thought, well, you know, Ryan Coogler had to make this movie and Chadwick Boseman passing away and they had to do that whole thing. And it was like, this is disrespectful. It's like, no, it's just making fun of the fact of just Marvel, you know, and the superhero genre in general. And then it also kind of like it lifted up Angela Bassett because he said like, she's such a good actor that she got nominated for a Marvel movie. And I thought that was a good joke. It was just a good joke. But yeah, people who got upset about it. Oh, shut up. Wah. It's a good, I, I, it's a good joke. To me, it's a good joke. And then this leads me into uh, what I wanted to talk about here when it comes to Robert Downey Jr. Because Robert Downey Jr., right now, he's uh, he's just getting all the awards, which is good. And I'm glad. And I love that Robert Downey Jr. is getting all the awards for his role in Oppenheimer. But he had this quote right here when he was talking. I, I think it was talking to Rob Lowe and Rob Lowe's podcast. But uh, right here, as you can see, it says, Robert Downey Jr. says... His run as Tony Stark Iron Man marks some of the best acting of his career, but he thinks it went unnoticed because of the genre. How are we feeling about that? Do we think that's some of his best work? I think it is. The guy did it for over a decade. The guy played this character for over a decade. And yeah, there. I think there is a stigma that happens when it comes to the superhero genre because now, I mean, I think now that we're like, you know, with, with everything that's happening with the superhero genre, I think a lot of people just put the stigma on that. Oh yeah. This is just like, you know, it's just an easy paycheck for some of these actors and blah, blah, blah. And, but it's like, you know what? I think, you know, when it comes to Robert Downey Jr., some of his best work was playing Iron Man. I'm not saying that it was all great. No, but I think even like some of the other actors, you know, your Chris Evans, your Chris Hemsworth, there's some, I mean, there's some times where there's like some good shit that comes out of this genre. Tom Hiddleston, even if it's Marvel, you know? But I think a lot of people, like, you know, obviously when it comes to whatever fandom that you, you like the most, you'll be like, yeah, oh, that, you know, they suck. All those actors suck in that 
in in Marvel over there, or they suck at DC or whatever the hell. I mean, I think there's been there's been some there's been good performances, obviously, when it came to you know in Man of Steel and BVS and Zack Snyder's Justice League and some you know even you know stuff that we probably haven't seen when it comes to David Ayer's Suicide Squad. But yeah, I mean, I think like there's been, I mean, even yeah, Tom Holland also is, I mean. And I think just people don't think about it because, oh, you're wearing tights or you're wearing a superhero costume. To be honest, I think, yeah, I think some of Robert Downey Jr.'s best work has been when it comes to Tony Stark. I mean, I think some of my favorite stuff with him, like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang comes to mind and everything. And then, of course, Oppenheimer, which I'm glad that he's getting that that praise, you know, post Marvel. And it looks like he's probably he's most likely going to win the Academy Award. So. That's good on him, but I still think like he's right. I think he's correct. I think he's correct when it comes to comes to that. So, all right, what else? What else do we get here? Okay, we got a couple other tweets here. All right, oh boy. All right, I kind of talked about this on the Vox stream, but I wanted to talk about it again. But uh, Maya Goff, did I say Goff? Goth, Maya Goth. I had no idea she was married. To Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf? LaBeouf? I had no idea. And they had a kid together. So shocked by it. I had no idea. But apparently, she's got a lawsuit on her hands. Maya Goth is being sued for allegedly kicking a background actor in the head on the set of Maxine. She then allegedly taunted, mocked, and belittled him, daring him to do anything about it. Yikes! And then, of course, a lot of people are going, well, she's married to Shia, so obviously that inner psycho is there. But, yeah, it was just kind of like, whoa, buddy. Well, we got to realize when it comes to this kind of stuff, I know automatically anytime you see something like this online, people automatically just uh, they go like, oh, well, I'm just going to take the side of the victim. You know, that happens a lot. We automatically just go to, oh, uh, this person said that. I'm going to believe it. And it could be true. Who knows? But they have to do their thing. You know, it's 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 always innocent until proven guilty, not guilty until proven innocent. I think a lot of people have to, you know, they, they forget about that. They just automatically think, oh, yeah, they're they're guilty. They're automatically guilty. And maybe she did do it. Who knows? That's the thing. We're not going to know until they do an actual investigation. Um, I think if I was on the ground covered in blood and everything like that and Maya Goth kicked me in the head and and taunted me I would just taunt back and be like um you're crazy and and you have a demon I don't know I don't know what I would say but anyways I would just I I don't know if I'd go this far and you never know this person could just be like trying to make a quick buck there's always that as well so it's going to be interesting to see what happens when it comes to this but uh I mean I haven't I haven't watched these movies yet i know this is the third movie in this franchise i haven't watched these movies yet but i did watch infinity pool and my god is she absolutely crazy in that movie so who knows who knows i'm not i'm not gonna say that she's guilty or innocent right now but they have to do their thing i definitely have to do their thing before we do that uh before we start making judgments on all that that's all i'm saying and then Anybody want to see uh, Johnny Cage's crotch? That's right, Johnny Cage, uh, Carl Urban. Well, here it is right here. That's right. Todd Garner, of course, producer of the uh, Mortal Kombat 2 movie, posted this today. 
and uh, zoomed in. Apparently, Johnny Cage is going to be wearing a big, huge belt buckle that says Cage on it. And he posted this image right here, which looks pretty cool. I'm like, hey, why not? That's pretty cool. But I still wonder. I'm like, Carl Urban as Johnny Cage. I still... I still have my, you know, uh, eh, I don't know if like that's that's I just didn't see Carl Urban as Johnny Cage. I didn't. I didn't see Carl Urban as Johnny Cage, but this is pretty cool. I mean, obviously, it's part of the, the costume right there, but we'll see. But that was posted right there. I'm just hoping that Mortal Kombat 2 is just going to be better than the first. Oi, because the first was pretty disappointing. And I hope that Carl Urban ends up being like more of the star as opposed to what's his name? You know, the what's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name right now, but you know, you know who uh, you know played Cole in the first one, which should have just been Johnny Cage. It was essentially Johnny Cage without being Johnny Cage, which I have no idea why they did that. And, you know, I really hope that Johnny Cage is like more of I hope I hope Carl Urban chews up every scene that he's in and that he's like mainly the star. Please let that be nothing against Lewis Tan. Okay, nothing against him. You know, nothing against him. But I just it just his character was like I didn't care. I didn't care for his character. I was wondering what was going on with Sub-Zero and Scorpion when it came to the first one. So hopefully, hopefully Johnny Cage can can take, you know, take some of that right there. But who knows? Who knows? All right, how are we feeling? Are we doing good here? All right, let's start talking about that. Yeah, that whole Cole thing was dumb. Yeah, we need Nick Cage. Wouldn't that be interesting if that ended up being that? Nick Cage is looking at that belt buckle going, oh, I need that. I need that. I definitely need that. All right, let's talk some DCU right here. All right, let's talk some stuff when it comes to the DCU. And uh, the first thing we're going to be talking about, let me go ahead and get rid of those with James Gunn. All right. All right. So when it comes to James Gunn, obviously, we got some updates. And, you know, last week, obviously, we, you know, we talked about it on the uh, on the Vox stream about the Supergirl casting. And I'm not going to like, you know, go over everything again. But I, I did put out a poll out there on on Twitter and then of course on YouTube. So we'll see the results of that to see like who's everybody, you know, the choice that everybody wanted to make. So we'll get that there in a minute, but he did talk a little bit about creature commandos and he did confirm that, um, Anya Chalo, Chalotra, Chalotra, Chalotra. He did confirm that she is playing, that she is playing Cersei in creature commandos. Yes. And there are other cool characters in the show played by, by other cool actors, but all the series regulars were announced. So basically confirming all that. He even like responded to uh to somebody as well when it came to uh oops, what the heck? Is that not working? No, oh, what the hell? There we go. Hit the wrong thing. He also confirmed too that um, you know, when it came to who's directing the actors and the voice acting and all that stuff, he did uh confirm that he's actually doing that. James Gunn's gonna be doing a lot. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, still got <clears throat> still got a little bit of a cough left. But uh James Gunn's going to be doing a lot because, you know, they have to they have to save a lot of money when it comes to when it comes to the DCU. So, of course, he's been doing a lot of the directing when it comes to Creature Commandos. So, um he did confirm that. So, yes, we have a Cersei and and we have her in Creature Commandos. 
And then when it, uh, well, we'll get to this in a little bit here, but uh, speaking of Creature Commandos, we got Sarah Sampaio. She posted this right here. So we got some Creature Commandos merch showing the group right here on this, uh, this I guess you could say this uh, little sweatshirt right here. So we already got some merch that she posted. And uh, I mean, I guess this is going to be eventually in the DC shop, but we got some merch showing these characters. And um, yeah. So I don't know when we're going to get that first trailer or when something's going to be posted when it comes to Creature Commandos. I am pretty curious when it comes to Creature Commandos. I mean, I don't, I'm not familiar with the group, not really familiar with them. I mean, obviously there's some of the characters that you know, oh yeah. And then of course there is some like well-known actors that are voicing some of these characters, but uh, pretty curious to see what it's going to be all about. I think it's going to be something interesting, something unique. It's going to be something adult, which is good when it comes to that. So there you go. There's some like updates on creature commandos. But let's talk about this. <laughs> so going from the DCU back to the DCEU with Aquaman 2. And I've been talking, I've been saying this, guys. I've been, t- I've been saying this for like the past year and a half. At least when it comes to Aquaman 2 and how much it got dicked with, with all the reshoots. Remember, three, three rounds of reshoots when it came to Aquaman 2. Three rounds that they reshot this. They they did some reshoots when it came to this. So now we got Dolph Lundgren talking about how he's disappointed in what he saw when it came to the theatrical version of Aquaman 2, because guess what? It's not what James Wan originally wanted. No, of course not. And when it came to those reshoots, what did I say? I think maybe when it came to the first round, maybe he was involved with that. But from what I gathered, he wasn't really involved when it came to round two or round three. And it was mainly Jason Momoa and Peter Saffron handling those reshoots. So here we go right here. We got comicbook.com. Chris Killian interviewing him, and let's uh, let's uh, hear what Mr. Dolph Lundgren has to say about it. Full screen it. Here we go. I, I do. Um, I know that you also recently expressed you know disappointment about your role being cut back in Aquaman two and those reshoots. And I was curious if that experience has sort of soured you at all appearing in like future comic book films. No, it, it, I just realized that it was some kind of corporate decision that they yeah, try to corporate decision. Uh, limit Amber Heard. And then I, I'm playing, playing her dad, kind of went with it, along with it. Um, I was just disappointed for the movie goers because I thought the original script uh, was great. And the original cut was, you know, I saw a little bit of it was really good. So I, I didn't see any reason to start reshooting and, re, you know, reshaping the story. Um, so obviously led to, disappointment in the moviegoers and not just me but but i no i i got nothing against uh superhero universe i think i'd like to sure if i can be part of it why not oh there you go so disappointed and obviously he saw the original script read the original script liked the original script and that wasn't what james wan wanted and it sucks because, man, I mean, obviously he talked about being a corporate thing, and it was. 
And it's and it's this movie was just cursed. First off, when it comes to Aquaman two, why did it take this long for a sequel to a billion dollar movie, a billion dollar Aquaman movie? Why did it take this long for it to come out? I mean, it, what two thousand eighteen was when the first Aquaman movie came out. I I I had just moved into this apartment that I currently live now. It's pretty crazy. And now here we are, 2023. So you're talking about five years later. Now I get it. Like they they weren't gonna turn they weren't gonna turn a an Aquaman sequel quickly, obviously because of all the heavy VFX. But and then of course there was a pandemic. There was COVID. That is gonna have an effect too. But it just seemed like when they announced that there was going to be Aquaman two, there was gonna be the sequel. That everybody was like, all right, cool. But then all of a sudden it was like, you know, the principal photography for the first round like what was that at the beginning of like 2021 or something like that and then all of a sudden it was just like they 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 were trying to like set it up and be like okay here yeah we have aquaman 2 coming out and then of course when it comes to aquaman 2 and where it was supposed to fit in this timeline that of course was with the old regime with toby emmerich with walter hamada and sarnoff all those people which they're of course trying to step away from the snyderverse as much as they could. There was things that got changed big time when it came to to all that. So just trying to place it somewhere all of a sudden became a, an issue. And then, of course, with things with Zaslav coming in and then, of course, canceling Batgirl, which affected some things. And then there was things that got changed when it came to The Flash. It's all just, you know, it all just turned into a mess. So when it came to you know, the round two and round three of the the reshoots. I mean, let's face it. I mean, who knows what the, what, what the hell was even going to happen, you know, when it came to these reshoots. And obviously testing it, and it wasn't testing well. I kept hearing that the initial cut wasn't testing well, which is always a stupid thing because, you know, I remember when Malignant, remember James Wan's movie, his horror movie before Aquaman 2, Malignant, was testing poorly as well. A lot of people were, there was reports that said Malignant was like one of the worst movies, whatever the hell, tested worst and whatever the heck. But when that came out, people loved that movie. That's what was so interesting. When it came to Malignant, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it paid a a great homage to 80s horror movies and it was ridiculous, had a ridiculous freaking twist, but people loved it. People ended up loving it, even though it tested very poorly. So I'm kind of wondering that initial cut of Aquaman 2, I'm kind of wondering how it would have played out now, even though Aquaman 2 right now is not essentially a flop. It's not a big flop. It's still flop, but it's not a bit. It's not the, as big of a flop as we thought it was going to be because it actually still is doing very well because what did I say? China, China, they love Jason Momoa. So it's doing well in China, and that's helping the box office a little bit. But I just kind of wonder, like, I don't think there's ever going to be, like, a James Wan cut, and there's not going to be, like, a campaign to release the Wan cut. Like I said, I think James Wan is just done with it. And I think after, you know, doing one round of reshoots, he was done with it, and that's why I kept on saying, and a lot of people, of course, want to point the finger at James Gunn because there is, like, this – you know, hatred towards that man when it comes to a certain 
part of like a fandom or whatever. And uh, they always want to point at James Gunn. Like, it's all James Gunn's fault. It's all James Gunn, James Gunn, James Gunn. And I'm just kind of going like there was reshoots happening before he got the gig where he is now. So it wasn't all James Gunn. Who's been there the entire time? Peter Saffron. I would say put more blame on him. And from what I heard, too, is that Momoa was also helping with these reshoots, which you can kind of see, especially when you see that ending scene in Aquaman 2. You can't tell me that that Jason Momoa was like all about that. And there's like the scene where he's on the bike and doing all. I don't know. The opening scene in Aquaman 2 pisses me off because you could tell that James Wan shot an awesome fight scene on a ship with pirates. It was nighttime. It was raining. It was Arthur just fucking these guys up. Probably had some great score with it, you know. But what did they do? They fucking put a needle drop and they they cut it. They intercut it with Arthur talking to his kid with dolls. And he was doing all this stupid shit. And I'm like, ugh. I'm like you, this is, When I saw that in the trailer... When he like lands and he looks back and he's about to F these guys up, I was like, oh, that's going to be a badass scene. Turned out, not so badass because they fucked it all up. Now, when it comes to James Gunn, we can blame him a little bit. I'm not saying you don't have to, you know, there's not some James Gunn that you could put on him. You could definitely do that because he gave notes. He gave some notes. Obviously, he did give some notes. But if you're putting the entire blame on James Gunn, nah, that's not it. I would say I'd put more blame on Peter Saffron for what happened with Aquaman 2. James Gunn, with the third round of reshoots, yes, gave his notes. And there's not going to be a Wan cut, and I don't, think James, I don't think James Wan wants to work with James Gunn or Peter Saffron. Probably not. That's probably the case. He's probably like, I'm done. I'm done, guys. I'm going to go back and make some horror movies. Some small budget horror movies done with all this, not going to deal with this. And God knows if like him and even Jason Momoa even have a good relationship anymore after all this, because I might have heard that, too. I was hearing stuff about that. I was like, that's not good that with all this, you know, I mean, I mean, what could he do? I mean, you work on this movie and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, you have all these reshoots and, you know, like, again, corporate comes in and just fucks it up. And then we have Dolph Lundgren right here talking about how much he loved the script of the original script and even saw, you know, and thought it was great. But that's not what James Wan wanted. It sucks that that's the case. It really does suck that that's, you know, that's the case. But like I said, I was going to put some more, I would put blame on more that on more uh, saffron than gun. But, oh, you know, you know. And uh, all right, so now let's talk about Supergirl. Now, you know, obviously we have Supergirl. Let me see here. Let me pull up the uh, the Twitter one right here. All right. I'll pull up the Twitter because I ran a poll. I ran a poll to see where everybody was at. You know, when it came to the three actresses that have been put on, they've been rumored on the short list of Supergirl to play Supergirl and we talked about it on the Vox stream but I wanted to talk about it a little bit today and of course the three actresses are Amelia Jones, Millie Alcock and Meg Donnelly so I put it out there like who you know who do you want more I mean I was leaning towards more Meg Donnelly because I haven't really seen any of these actresses in anything 
I, you know, I know that they, they, they've been in stuff, but I haven't really seen things. But Meg Donnelly, to me, she has, you know, she does have the look more, I think, than the other two in my eyes. And not to mention, she's already voiced Supergirl in the animated universe. So I thought that was like kind of like a cool thing. But who knows? Because, you know, it was part of the Tomorrowverse. And now the Tomorrowverse is kind of ending. So, but uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that. And then we'll go to Rachel Brosnahan talking about uh, the other stuff, too. But James Gunn did post this right here. It's difficult to debunk stories that are fake, but with some element of truth. Either I have to point out what's fake and what's true and give away a bunch of stuff I didn't want to, or I just say the whole thing is fake and I get accused of being of being dishonest or uh, I get accused of dishonesty down the line when the one true part comes out. Anyway, there's a couple of those stories around recently. This one, Jimmy? This one, the Supergirl one, most likely. You don't have to answer, James. You don't. When it comes to something like this, this is where you, you pull back. And and hopefully, like I said, I don't mind him debunking the scoop scoopers because I love it when scoopers get debunked. We all love that. That's what I love mainly when it comes to him answering questions and debunking things. I love that. But he doesn't have to answer every little thing. And sometimes it gets a little bit too much. And then, of course, sometimes it gets a little too confusing so when he posted this right here, I'm just like, all right, well, you don't have to say anything about this. Just leave it be because I think we could. It's obvious that it's all about the Supergirl casting right here. So just just let it be, James. Just let it be. You don't have to answer this. But uh, here is what we got right here. Let me see. Let me refresh the YouTube because I put a posted on YouTube right here. And it seems like we have, you know, a clear winner when it comes to both polls right here. Miss Alcock, <laughs> I know we can make jokes about her name, but yeah, it seems like Millie Alcock is uh, the one that people want the most, but pretty close, pretty close when it comes to at least the Twitter results right here, 240 votes, she won by 42.1 right there, 42.1%, and then Meg Donnelly came in second with 30.8, and then of course we have 21.1 for Amelia Jones, which I think, yeah, she's like the least favorite. There she is right there, maybe because she doesn't have the blonde hair. And then when it comes to uh, when it comes to Twitter or when it comes to YouTube right here, uh, again, Miss Alcock wins with 55 percent. And then Meg Donnelly second, 34 percent. And then, of course, 11 percent for Amelia Jones. So there you go. There's the results when it comes to the two polls I ran for that. That's all. So shut up, Meg. And <laughs> what's going on, Team Rad? Good to see you, Dave. Talking smack about me when he says, oh, no, I'm not talking smack about you. I know. I, mean, I get it. I get it. <clears throat> Let's see. What are we doing here? He could be a great sports master. What are you guys talking about? Hamada and Zazie paints. You guys are going to get mad. But Affleck quitting screwed up. Yeah, it did. Well, I don't think he wanted to do it anymore. The Flash and Aquaman 2 film at the same time. Gunn is an idiot to announce reboot before these. Oh, you think that was actually his choice, Axel? I don't think that was actually his choice. I think they were like, you know. Again, you have to realize that there he, he there's other people above him. They wanted him to actually announce all that. 
Uh, let's see. Is yeah, isn't saffron a spice? My, I think it might be. Alcock, hmm, corn sweat, hmm. <laughs> I appreciate you too, Lisa. And I know, I know, like, uh, you know, when it came to Aquaman 2, you're upset about the uh, Michael Keaton thing. I mean, if they were to release the the wand cut of Aquaman 2, they, they wouldn't even have the Bruce Wayne scene because obviously that would have been tacked on as like, you know. And that's another thing that, again, that messes up a lot of this stuff. And this is what's been hurting the Marvel cinematic universe and so what hurt it's what has hurt the dceu as well is you know always setting up the next thing you know and then of course when it came to the whole who's bruce wayne and and aquaman i mean there was affleck and then keaton and it was like and then of course with stuff that happened with the flash that all got rearranged and everything and again you know that's that's not even again you can't even point the finger at at gun or even saffron it was more like the higher ups you know, I, I think like from what I gathered too, from when I was hearing from my, my friend talking about this was they, you know, with all the the regime changes and whatnot, when it came to DC and Warner Brothers, some of them that came in and I forgot what's his name that came in to kind of overlook some things. The older dude, I kind of forgot his name, totally drawn a blank, but uh, they weren't a fan of the whole Keaton coming back thing, apparently. Because they wanted, you know, a younger Batman that could play Batman for, you know, 10, 15 years kind of thing. And, you know, so they were kind of like when it came to the whole Batman situation. That's the thing. Like, no matter what, when it comes to DC, it's always about Batman because Batman's the most popular character. So they have a Batman in a separate universe. Then they got Batman here when they had they had Ben Affleck, who was, you know, already like cast as an older batman and then they bring back keaton which was cool but then they were like well how further can he go and it was just like this whole thing it was like a whole thing where it's just there's always like the batman problem the batman problem when it comes to this universe and whatever the hell it's all just pretty crazy it's all crazy alan horn that's who i was thinking of thank you axel alan horn from what i heard he was not a fan of it and neither was Zaslav. so that's why it's like, all right, who are we going to point the finger at when it comes to that whole mess? It's those guys. From, you know, like, again, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I'm not saying that I know everything. I'm just, like I said, I just get told things, and that's what I was hearing. All right, let's let's uh, let's talk to the uh, to, uh, Rachel, or not talk to her. That would be pretty sweet if I did. I feel like I got an interview with uh, our future Lois Lane, but Rachel Brosnahan has been, of course, she's been on the awards circuit because, well, you know, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel has been nominated for awards and everything. So she's been making the uh, the rounds. She's been making the rounds when it comes to when it comes to uh, this. And, of course, now she's been talking about this. So first off, we have Rachel talking about, uh, you know, just taking, you know, talking about Superman legacy and uh, and, of course, when it comes to, you know, being Lois Lane, those are some difficult shoes to fill because, let's face it, there's been numerous awesome, and, and they've all been great. I don't think there's been a weak Lois Lane, to be honest. I think they've all been pretty fantastic. You know, Amy Adams is, like, probably my favorite, and then Terry Hatcher might be just below her, and then, of course, you have Margot Kidder, um, and then I forgot what's her name that's in Superman Lois. She's, she's pretty good, too. But uh, here's one. Here's the first thing she had to say, and my God, this dress that she's wearing. But here we go. You are just. We have big shoes to fill, but we're excited to 
try to fill them. You know, the, I think the best part about working on this has been the top to bottom, from James to Peter Safran and everyone at DC and David. We're all just nerds for this stuff and there's so much love and care that's being taken to make this film both a film that honors the source material and also is you know justifies making another one there you go honoring the source material and then of course you know bringing something fresh which is good nothing wrong with that but of course when, when when you hear that whole thing about source material you know the nerd boys and girls out there start freaking out when it comes to that and then when it comes to this one right here from E.T., this is where, of course, you know, you know, some people, when they hear the H word, they hear the H word. Oh, God, don't say the H word, because, you know, some people don't like that when they hear humor, <gasps> humor. Superman's going to have a sense of humor. No, he can't have a sense of humor. But this is what she said right here to E.T. What are you going to do to put your original spin on this very classic character? I've really enjoyed the collaboration with James Gunn so far. It's been every oh, how single dare person she say involved that. in this production is such a perfect nerd for Superman. We all grew up watching the movies. Some of us grew up reading the comics, you know, and so I feel like it's being made with so much love. And it, I think this Superman will have a sense of humor. Um... Without getting, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm rolling through my brain all the things I'm not allowed to say, uh, <laughs> but, but we're excited to, to both put our own spin on things, but also honor this material that we all love so much. Three adjectives to describe your Lois Lane. Oh, ooh, feisty. Dare I say, marvelous? <laughs> and uh, uh, fiercely intelligent. So there you go. But oh my God, Superman can't have a sense of humor. No. I know. I saw some people not liking that. It's like, come on. I mean, to me, I just want this Superman to like somewhat if, you know, obviously I love Cavill Superman. He's my favorite Superman. But of course, I love uh, Christopher Reeve. You know, I even like Dean Cain. I don't give a shit what anybody says. I know like people hate him because of politics, but I look I look aside of the politics and I I like this Superman. I want I'm just hoping that this Superman's more like, you know, Superman, the animated. I like the Tim Daly Superman. You know, in the Tim Daly Superman, we talk about it all the time on DC Fanimator, just like how he says those lines and he has a sense of humor to him. It's dry, but I kind of want that. But let's not freak out because Superman's going to have a sense of humor, guys. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. It's going to be okay. So, yeah, that was pretty much it. Looks like, yeah, that's pretty much. And then, of course, she showed up to the Emmys and Jesus. Looking good, of course. Oh, well, well, what else was there? Oh, yeah, there's him, too. Oh, yeah, there's that. Yeah. Sorry, I'm DCU updates. Like I said, they're posting always. But yeah, this shot of her right here. Holy Lord, guys. We feel it up tonight. Doing all right. We don't there really she care is. what happens tomorrow. Up tonight. Feeling okay. We don't want to waste Okay, copyright. Okay, so there was that. I think, uh, let's see, Anthony Kerrigan's also there, too. He actually had a quote recently where he was talking about, uh, where he was talking about playing uh, Metamorpho. Uh, so this is what he actually said right here. He said, uh, it's very refreshing to be playing a superhero 
With Metamorpho, this is a character who was almost cursed with his powers and thought that he was freakish in terms of what he looks like. And, you know, I mean, obviously he's got the, you know, uh, Kerrigan has the, uh, the, the alopecia. I think that's what they that's to call it, where no hair and everything like that. So maybe, you know, he could relate to the character when it comes to at least uh, that part right there. But, yeah, there's a whole article where he was talking about that. And, yeah, that was pretty much the quote, you know. And there's like a whole quote, too. And, yeah, see, the alopecia is an interesting experience to go through because – it more than anything rocks your world when it comes to your identity. You go from someone who moves throughout the world in a way that everyone looks at you and you are who you are. And then all of a sudden, things start to change in your head and on your face. People stop looking at you and they start looking at your condition. And that is really alienating, very dehumanizing thing. Villains don't really accept themselves all that much. Superheroes tend to. There's this concept of acknowledging one's journey and leading with love as opposed to bitterness and wishing that you could change. So good on him. So that's, you know, I think that's going to be a good casting right there. And again, you know, I know some people were wondering how many, how long are these characters actually going to be? Because it seems like people think that these characters are going to be in the movie throughout because you know this movie's got too many people and you know with uh isabella merced getting cast in last of us and of course she'd be in hawk girl and a lot of people are like how is she gonna pull that off you know she's gonna be shooting this and then shooting superman legacy i'm like she's probably gonna be shooting superman legacy for like four days or five days she's probably gonna be one scene that's it Whatever helps the story along should be good. And then, of course, Last of Us, she's going to have a big role when it comes to that. Good on her, you know, agent. Uh, Isabella Merced's agent? Jesus Christ. She's like in everything right now. Of course, she's coming up in Madam Web, which, you know, let's face it, that doesn't look that great. But she's been getting cast in all kinds of things. My God. All right. So there's the main topic right there. Critics' Choice Awards, okay, so that happened, and I'm not going to go over all the, um, you know, when it comes to the Critics' Choice Awards, I'm not going to go over everything, but let me see, Choice Awards, obviously Oppenheimer's still kicking some uh, some ash when it comes to the Critics' Choice Awards, but obviously it's TV and, and everything, so, but... Uh, one of the big things that was kind of funny, uh, well, I mean, obviously, I I, we, I loved uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s, his acceptance speech was great. He called everybody his oppen homies, which I thought was pretty funny. Let's see, here we go right here. So Robert Downey Jr., here's him accepting his Lord, award. My oppen homies. Oppen homies. Every, Come on, that's every great. Every day of filming was like having my ego's ass handed to me at the door. And I think it, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Um, <laughs> so for that, I got to thank Chris and Emma and Killian. They're the holy trinity. They were leading from the front the entire time. My Brit sister, Emily Blunt, and my, uh, my Senate hearing uh, scene partner, Alden Ehrenreich. Thank you, Universal. I love Thank that Alden's Universal. also getting some love, say, you know, I have a with all the solo stuff. Commentary. It's like Siskel and Ebert meets, uh, I don't know, Mystery Science Theater. 
is Susan. Di- but anyways, so I mean, Killian Murphy did not win the Critics' Choice Award for Best Actor. Paul Giamatti did, which that's going to be interesting to see who takes the uh, you know the Oscar because a lot of people are you know you know when it comes to the holdovers and Paul Giamatti. He's getting a lot of praise for that. So who knows what's going to be happening with that? It's going to be interesting. But the best reaction of the Critics' Choice Awards was, of course, Ryan Gosling. Okay? Because... (laughs) Barbie? I get the hype with Barbie. Okay? Now, I might not have liked it as much as a lot of people. You guys know this. It wasn't in my top 10. It was in a lot of people's top 10. And I get it was an event that happened because you had two movies that were polar opposite from each other. The Barbenheimer thing was probably a thing that we'll never be, we'll never see again. But everybody went to the movies to see both these movies that are the polar opposite from each other. And Barbie is very much that movie when it comes to box office draw and being that box office movie. But it's not... This movie over here that's winning awards and everything. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. When I watched it again, again, it's just a big, long Saturday Night Live sketch. Okay? I mean, yes, there are some cool, like, you know, there's some dramatic moments. Margot Robbie has some where she, you know, she's crying. There's, like, some, some good points that are made with there. Sure. But overall, it's just, it's a ridiculous movie. So when it's getting nominated for all these awards, I just go, what the hell? And I think Ryan Gosling is feeling the same way. I don't think Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gosling is like, how the fuck, it, what is going on here? Because, and then, but of course he could just be joking. It could be all just a whole, you know, performance when it comes to this. But I'm just Ken, one for best song at the Critics' Choice Award Awards. And this is what Ryan Gosling, how he reacted. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, what? He's like, huh? Accepting on behalf of I'm Just Ken from Barbie are writers Mark Ronson. And even, even that guy's shaking his head, and he's like, how did that happen? How did that happen? There's a song from Billie Eilish in there that is so much better. Ryan Gosling can't sing, and he knows it. <laughs> what, you know, so I just, I think that's an authentic reaction because he's like, how, how? How? Maybe he's worried that he's going to have to sing it at the Oscars. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? But I mean, yeah, it's like literally like on that same soundtrack, there are better songs by Dua Lipa has a fucking song. They actually can sing and they lost to I am Ken sung by Ryan Gosling. All right. What? So that's why I think that reaction is authentic from from Gosling because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it just seems like sometimes like the, you know, when it comes and I'm glad that, you know, when it came to the Golden Globes, that Barbie only won really like the, the one that it was meant to win, which was, of course, the box office and whatever the hell. I'm so I was worried that if it wins anything that when it comes to acting or directing, I'm going to be like, all right, no, 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 this is ridiculous there's no way there's no way and you know I, and when it comes to the oscars obviously it's gonna get nominated for things but yeah it's it's just like it, it's not that movie that's what i'm just saying it's not that movie 
And it's just, it is just crazy how it's, they're trying to make it that movie. Like it's, it's a, it's a box office movie. It's a audience pleaser and everything. And it's a phenomenon and great. But when it comes to award seasons, it's just not that movie. It's not that movie. Oppenheimer is that movie. Okay. I was just kind of like, had to get that out there, you know? All right, let's talk about the box office. Who went to the movies this weekend, huh? Who went to the movies? Okay, Billie Eilish. Yep. Barbie, a few hours a month. Yeah, see, I mean, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not bad, but it also wasn't, you know, it's not, yeah, I don't know. Barbie and Aquaman ending had the same energy. <laughs> You're right. You're right, Ben. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Nicki Minaj also had a song on there, too. Yeah, but Dave, are you Knuff? No, I'm not Knuff. I'm not Knuff. All right, so the box office. Anybody go see The Beekeeper? Support some David Ayer. Hopefully you guys did. I did. Really enjoyed it. Like I said, it's just like you're, hey, we've seen this before, but it works. And David Ayer, his spin on it, I thought he did a great job. But here's the... uh, the box office numbers right here. Mean Girls, of course, took the number one spot. I didn't really care for... I, I like the you know the original movie of Mean Girls, but I'm not going to go see the musical version of Mean Girls. Just not my bag right there. So we got $33.2 million worldwide that it came in. And then, of course, we had The Beekeeper. I'm kind of wondering what the budget for The Beekeeper was. It doesn't say right here, but it made 21.8. So not too shabby. Apparently... You know, when it came to this and Expendables 4, I think Expendables 4, what did Expendables 4 make? Which, of course, had, uh, had what's his name? Yeah, Expendables 37.9. I think the beekeeper might have a chance to beat Expendables 4. So we'll see what happens when it comes to that. So, yep, so there's the box office. Um, I also wanted to look at Godzilla minus one. Because that one, and of course Aquaman 2, even though with uh, what we heard today, $375 million worldwide. Like I said, China, they like that guy. They like him. Godzilla Minus One is still, you know, I mean, with the low budget that I'd have, it's almost at $100 million. So it's at $95.7 million worldwide. So not too bad. Got to like that. So there's your box office report right there. Nothing really... Uh, I was looking at I was like, am I going to go see a movie this Thursday? There's nothing that, you know, nothing really coming out. It's something called ISS, some space movie that I no idea what it's about. So I'm, I don't think I'm going to go to the movies this weekend. So. Ghostbusters, baby. Who's excited for Ghostbusters Frozen Empire? You know I am. You know I am. And we have Empire Magazine giving us some new images when it comes to Ghostbusters. And you got to love it. You got to love what we're seeing right here because, I mean, one of the images, I mean, come on. This is just, they they know that they're like, we have to have more. Like, when it came to Ghostbusters Afterlife, it was like, all right, we're going to have the OG team in there, but they're not going to be in it that much. Seems like when it comes to Frozen Empire... The OG crew is going to be in there a lot more than they were in the last one. Look at this image right here. Look at this. We even got Janine. 
Janine. That's right. Annie Potts coming back as Janine. She is suited up. She is suited up. So something's happening right here. We got the OG crew. Ghostbusters Frozen Empire finally lets Janine be a Ghostbuster. It's all hands on deck. That's right. And then, of course, we have the two different covers or the combination of the covers, the, the new crew with the old crew. And there's an ad on it for some reason. Get out of there. No, go. There we go. But, yes, the new and the old crew right there. So, of course, we got Paul Rudd and Finn. What's his name? And, yes, we got the new crew and the old crew. Looks pretty sweet. Gotta love that. Um, and then we have this right here. This is interesting. So we have this other character who plays, this is uh, James, a caster, plays an Egon Spangler-type inventor in Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. And I'm sorry, but if you actually, I mean, if you look, if you look at him, sorry, I'm trying to zoom in. If you look at him, they basically modeled him after the Egon Spangler in the Ghostbusters cartoon. He looks like he's just pulled from that. And apparently he's like his arms in a sling right there. But if you're familiar with what Egon looks like in the Ghostbusters cartoon, the real Ghostbusters, that's what he looks like. So that's pretty interesting. Not to mention, this image right here is also cool because if you look at her right there with the Ghostbusters logo on her sleeve, it's a little different. So the ghost in, you know, with the, the uh, you know, the ghost busting sign or, you know, the no sign, it looks like a gear. Like a gear. So it's not just a circle. It's an actual gear. So that's pretty cool. Not to mention they got the slime blaster going on in the background. That's right. So for anybody who doesn't think Ghostbusters 2 is canon, it's canon, baby. That's right. They got the slime blaster happening in the background. I'm nerding out like a motherfucker right now, guys. Okay. Anybody else got a Woody? I do. I got a Ghostbusting Woody. And then there was like a, let's see, there was, I mean, uh, we got Slimer in right there, but there's another, let me find it here, but there's like a cool image that people were posting of Slimer. Where was it at? Come on. All right. Let me, maybe I should just type in Slimer. There it is. Slimer looking fucking, what the hell? There's Slimer right there. So Slimer is back and looking just as gross as he has before. Pretty creepy. Gotta love that. Oh, man, I'm excited. I'm excited. So that's coming out, what, March, right? So there you go, guys. There's your, uh, there's your update on uh, Ghostbusters and the little details. There's details in, that, uh, in those images right there, but... Uh, I'm kind of curious about this Spangler-like character that they're bringing in and the fact that they made him look like the cartoon version. I love that. I do love that. So, All right. Let's get to some Twitter questions. See what you guys have to say here. All right. We got a few uh, Twitter questions, so let's see what we got. Boop. All right. Come on. Work. My stupid stream deck. Sometimes it doesn't want to work. There we go. All right. Let's see what we got here. 
Droga, let's see. Dave, are you familiar with the Arkham subreddit? No, I don't really go on Reddit all that much. I'm sure it's a mess. Which is your favorite Arkham game? Probably Arkham City. I think Arkham City was my favorite one. Sam, you heard about the Alien Hulu show? It's erm sounding rough. Yeah, I heard I was reading something about that. Yeah. I forgot that there's actual show coming out too. And then the showrunner decides to throw the prequel movies under the bus too. Yeah. I was hearing stuff about that because, you know, let's face it, Prometheus gets little, you know, Prometheus has like a cult following and I think Prometheus is great and I wish that we would see the conclusion of what Ridley Scott was trying to set up with Prometheus, but it's silly, especially when the movie coming out this year seems to be embracing everything in the franchise. Yeah. So, well, fuck that showrunner. Eric, hey, Dave, which DC director's cut do you find most likely to come out first? Schumacher cut because long enough time has passed? Yeah, probably. Ayer cut because fans yield? Yeah, it's probably going to be a bit before that comes out. Or the shock fans, the wand cut. No, there's no way that the wand cut. There's, uh, there's, yeah, wand, you could forget about the wand cut. I don't see that ever coming out. Air cut, I, I still have hope, but it's not going to be for a while. Schumacher cut, I could see them just injecting those deleted scenes into the movie, polishing it up, and Bob's your fucking uncle, but who knows when that's going to be the, the case. Uh, we got Q right here, release the wand cut. Devon Wooter, hey Dave, great video for DC movies. What happened? You just pick Batman vs. Superman number one and it happened. Oh yeah, sorry, I apologize guys. I don't know what happened when I was editing my DCEU ranking video. I cut it down because I rambled a lot more. It was actually probably about six minutes longer than it actually was. So when I did my DCEU ranking video, I was cutting it down. And I don't know what happened, but I think like with one of my last cuts, I I ended up cutting the I cut off the last part of the video. So it just kind of ends like a like Sopranos, like this fucking season series finale of Sopranos. It like ended suddenly. But I got all the rankings out there at least. So apologize for that. I had no idea that that happened. I just like did like my final like, all right, we're good. And then something happened. And then I just exported it. And that was it. So whoopsies. It happens. Mr. Nobody, hey Dave, currently Aquaman 2 sits at 375 million total. What a sinking ship, but it's uh, unfortunately expected. What can Gunn and writers and directors do to make fans and moviegoers feel, okay, this is different and must-see film? We need a better answer than write better stories. Well, I mean, I think like because he is already doing something different by already having an expanded universe, uh, already have an expanded universe with other characters that are going to be involved in telling the story. That's something that, I mean, Zach kind of already did that. Like when it comes to BVS, that's why I love BVS is there is an expanded universe and there is other heroes <clears throat> already out there. Um, now it seems like Gunn is going to be telling a story differently when it comes to these expanded heroes, because, you know, when it came to Batman vs Superman, it's like, yeah, there was a Diana there, which, I love that scene, you know, because you literally have a scene with Lex Luthor, Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne, and Diana Prince all in one room, which is great. So stuff like that. I mean, that's why that that's some of my, 
And that's like one of my favorite scenes in BVS is the fact that you have this expanded universe already there. You have and the secret identities are all in one room with a villain. So more of that. And I'm hoping that that's what Gunn's going to capitalize on is the fact that there's already like an extended universe. There's already all that. But we'll see a lot of pressure riding on it. Darkness, Dave, question one, should Plastic Man get his own solo movie or show in the DCU? I mean, I don't, I, nah, I don't really think so, no. Question two, with Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow being about her in space, is it possible we could get appearances of potential future big bads of the next saga or just hints? I mean, there could be. And like I said, when we were talking about on the Vodka stream, you know, with uh, with Rebecca, who's like who loves that story. So and just details of that story, it's going to be something pretty unique. It's going to be something pretty unique if they, you know, if they if they really follow that book, it's going to be something pretty damn unique. Kenny, very excited for Superman Legacy come 2025. Hot take. We have not had a really great Superman film since Superman 2. So the Man of Steel so the Man of Steel is ready to be great on film again. He's doing so well on TV, man. This is going to be good. Can't wait for it. And who cares what others say? All right. So Kenny's not a fan of uh, so much of Man of Steel and BBS and Zack Snyder. You're not a you're not a Cavill fan, which is fine. Again, I'm not I'm not going to say like get him, get him. How dare you? You know, that's his opinion. If he feels like that was the last time that he really enjoyed Superman on film, fine. Nothing wrong with that. I disagree. And I think a lot of you might disagree, too, is, you know, the last time that we had like, I mean, I think Man of Steel is better than Superman one and two, but not by much. But I just it's just more my speed. And then, of course, Batman versus Superman. But I'm not going to be like, let's dogpile the guy. Come on. We don't need to be doing that. We don't need to be doing that, even though he's wrong. Just kidding. Sorry. Michael. Michael Manette. Hey, Dave. Recently, I've been hearing about how people are against James Wan having a director's cut of Aquaman 2. Why thought? When did it become cool to hate seeing a director's cut or any other creative vision? I don't know. I think some people just, yeah. Some people are just tired of the whole, I think... People that didn't like the whole Snyder Cut stuff, they're the ones that are being like the fuddy-duddies of all that. I'm all about director's cuts. Give me give me a couple of versions of movies. I don't care. That's why I know a lot of people are hating like the fact that we, we got Rebel Moon and then we're getting the Snyder Cut of Rebel Moon, which is R-rated and almost an hour longer. And people are like, why? Because they didn't really enjoy the PG-13 cut. But then I'm like, well, that makes sense because then you're going to be curious to see what the R-rated cuts like? I don't know. I like directors. I like different versions of the movie. I'm one of those. I'm one of those. That's the way I am. Anyways, all right. So we good. I recently did a video on the Arkham subreddit. Yeah, I've never. I never really went down there. Still wondering where the mini Stay Puffs came from. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things where you know, when when uh, just spirits come out. They just, it just happens. Yeah, no, yeah, Ken. No, I totally respect your opinion. I, I, I get it. If Man of Steel and Cavill Superman was not your bag, nothing wrong with that. I've, ta- there's, I've talked to many people who didn't really like what Snyder was doing, you know? And I totally understand that 
you know, Reeve is your Superman. You know, like I said, he's my second favorite Superman. Cal is my first, but yeah, man. I mean, it's totally cool. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I keep seeing on my timeline too, when people talk about real DC fans and they put it in quotes as if that's like a dig now. And I'm like, man, we're still doing that kind of stuff when talking about real DC fans. It's like, I, I don't get that. We were, we were, that shit was being talked about back in 2015 and 2016 when, when all that shit was happening. Now all of a sudden they brought it back where it's like real DC fans. It's like, shut up. If you like DC, you're a fucking DC fan. If you like a certain version of a character, you're a DC fan. You know, there's no such thing. I mean, like what's, what, 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 what qualifies as a real DC fan? I don't get that when I see that when I, even when I saw it back you know, a few years ago when people were talking about that. I didn't get that. I didn't even understand that then. It's like, hey, if you're a DC fan, you're a DC fan. Okay, you're not going to like every iteration of it. Just like when you go into the comic book shop, you're not going to like every iteration of of a certain book. You're not going to do that, right? So you're not going to like every iteration when it comes to live action as well. You know, so just be a DC fan. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, so stop. Stop doing that. All right, guys, that's going, that's going to be uh, it for tonight's show. Appreciate you guys clicking in. Make sure you guys uh, subscribe to the channel. If you haven't already, hit that like thumbs up. Hit that notification bell so you know when I'm doing this stuff. And uh, follow me on all the sock meds that are around me. Do all that. And I appreciate you guys. Like I said, if you want to join the members, uh, become a member. Uh, we do a members-only stream every Wednesday, so we'll be doing that this Wednesday unless something crazy happens. But, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys, you members, on Wednesday. Get a little more intimate. You can ask me anything. And then, of course, we'll see everybody else on Friday for the vodka stream. All right, guys. Love ya. Love ya. And all you guys are real DC fans, okay? Every one of you are a DC fan. You're a real DC fan in my book. All right, guys. Love ya. Talk to you later.